0: Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Neckerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at a handle on Twitter or Blue Sky. Oh my god, I finally got an invite code. Oh my god. I don't have Romancing Nancy set up on Blue Sky yet because they're handing out those little invite codes like they are LSD tabs at a party that is super stingy, given by your mom. So, not yet, but it's okay. Romancing Nancy is still on Twitter for you know the people who are like, I'm gonna go down with this fucking ship, y'all. Where are we? This week's episode is about the Secret of Mirror Bay, which was published in 1972. Um, this one has a really fun cover. Honestly, um, Nancy looks like she is being like maybe smothered by an unknown hand, but no, 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 it's fine. There is a group of hands, like maybe the hands of at least up to three people. Pulling something out of something. It looks like a big boxy thing. And they've got ropes tied around it. And it's coming up out of something. But the something is like kind of green and brown. Not very watery. Spoiler alert. It is actually water. Nancy is surrounded by a lot of really lush greenery. And yeah. I like it. It's different from the other covers. So if you want to check it out, it's nice. This one sees Nancy, Bess, and George. The Notorious in BG. um, Hanging out with Aunt Eloise. Who, as you know, is a school teacher who also apparently came into some sort of huge lottery win because she's like, "I'm gonna go on vacation for like a fucking month y'all um this one is set near Cooperstown, which I was like baseball like that's the only word that I have associated with Cooperstown, however, of course, um, because these books are partially travelogues and partially historical and partially bonkers um they do also talk about james Fenimore cooper and the fact that he was near there when he wrote Leatherstocking tales and there's a cave associated with him and also there's some fun little fraud elron type things giving giving pt barnum because i feel like elron was less with the tangible shit and more with the like i'm just gonna fuck up your mind shit so there's that nancy and her friends are going um they, shit, I think that they actually, like, go down with Aunt Eloise, like, they're gonna take a bus or some shit. Clearly, it's been a hot minute since I've read the book. Like, I read it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let this marinate for a minute, because, honestly, to back out of the story for a second, this is a story about grief and how you deal with grief, and what you do when you are just completely blown over by it. But the problem is that, of course, Nancy Drew books can't really approach that. That kind of depth of emotion is really hard for the ghostwriters to tackle slash like you don't, you don't want a mystery that's going to be like steeped in tragedy. You want Nancy to be victorious at the end of it. So you can't have that kind of thing happening. So this has to be a historical tragedy and it is, um, So there's that, and there's also um, (laughs) the fact that Ned's working on his 15th Ph.D. Um, So this time he's decided to go, like, full-on parapsychology, which tracks, because mm, I feel like um, the Duke Parapsychology Institute was was doing some hot fun around this time, so that, that makes some sense. Where were we? Oh my god, my favorite subplot of all time. Um, yes. So in the Secret of Mirror Bay, they're headed to Cooperstown, Cooperstown area. They're actually staying at a little cabin called Bidawee, which Bess is like, I'm up to date on my Scottish, and that means wait a minute, just just hang out a minute, and and Eloise is like, yes, how did you know? And I was like, cause all y'all Scottish. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, but when they're like because again I think that they go to New York to pick up Aunt Eloise because there's no other way that this fucking works I don't think anyway or maybe they're like I don't know anyway no that I think that they like go to like the bus depot and, and um fuck Cooperstown it's not it it's like right around Cooperstown anyway they go to the bus depot to like pick up Aunt Louise because she's taking a bus down or a train or I don't fuck it it doesn't fucking matter y'all The important thing, though, is that a bunch of people get off the bus in, like, downtown Cooperstown, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? So, some scammer who somehow looks like Nancy, which you're like, okay, that's a Sea Org member in a wig, is what you're telling. This is what it's giving. Um, Apparently, approached a bunch of people and, like, handed out flyers and was like, so my... um, My marching band is going on a trip and to raise funds. No, that's not what she did. Um, She told them that she had this, like, really awesome deal on travel to New York. And that they would just, they'd, like, pay her X amount of money. And it would include, like, transportation and their lodging when they got there and like their breakfast or whatever the fuck and maybe a magician I don't know just Chris Angel may make an appearance um maybe a Kardashian maybe or a Kardashian adjacent um but no so they got off the bus and there was no one there to greet them no one knew what the fuck they were talking about no there was no lodging there was no nothing and so everybody was flipping the fuck out and so this one guy looks over at Nancy and he's like you you sold me this bad ticket and she was like uh, poor qua. I have never seen you before in my fucking life, hon. Um, so, that's fun. Now, of course, as you know, anytime we have a book where we have a con artist who looks similar to Nancy, Nancy's going to be, ups- like, a- accosted, going to be grabbed by the cops, going to immediately talk her way out of it, because they're like, look at this face. She's put. she's like, putting her hand over her face. Look at this face. Look at this face. Please, see this picture of my father look at it. Like, Jedi mind tricking the shit out of them. Anyway, so, um, the guy's like, well, okay, I know that I look at you, and I'm like, that's right, it was a rubber wig! Rubber face mask. Anyway, so, yeah. She gets her out of that, but she's like, okay, so, two things to take away from this. First off, interesting scam. The people that you scammed are far away from you, um, once you have resolved the scam. Second, um, somebody around here is starting shitting looking like me. So there's that. Now it, you remember that during Clue of the Whistling Bagpipes, Nancy signed an autograph for somebody and immediately a scammer stole it. So Nancy's like, maybe I'm going to do slightly less to facilitate my own identity theft. I'm just just throwing that out there. I have learned one lesson from a previous book. Just just the one. Just the one because. The mystery stories are will occasionally have Nancy make repeated mistakes. The files will occasionally have Nancy make repeated mistakes, but she has learned that when somebody looks remotely like her, they're gonna fuck with her. So at least there's that. Um what are they going to do in Cooperstown? Good question. Why the fuck are you there? None of you seem to be a baseball enthusiasts. This has not been a thing that has come up. Has Nancy played golf? Yes. Tennis? Also yes. Horseback riding? A fucking master. But baseball, not really a thing that seems to be on her radar. So Um, this is the thing. Aunt Eloise has found out that there is a, like, apparition or a woman who appears to be walking on the water of Mirror Bay, which, of course, is right next to where their cabin is. So that's why she took the cabin. It was so that Nancy could investigate this. Because, again, Nancy always needs enrichment in her habitat. And so they're like, oh, a mysterious woman ghost. I was like, how did she... Does Aunt Eloise, like is there a craigslist that's like weird encounters that aunt eloise is haunting like what is going on here how is there someone in cooperstown who is like hey i have a hot tip for you if your niece is about to get in some trouble so anyway that's what they're doing there to investigate the, um, line art interior images in this one are fucking trippy as hell because all, all the girls are rocking real long, straight 70s hair. Um, cause we've, we've hit full 70s at this point. Um, yeah. And the guys all have, like, the interesting, like, boot cut slash bell bottoms thing happening. So, that's fun. Um, lots of square jawed looking, looking real mad. Good times. Um... So, that's what they're there to investigate. So, Nancy's like, okay, so we're going to, you know, do a bit of a sleepover. And then in the morning, we'll see if we see the woman who apparently is walking on the water and lake. Um, The other thing is that Aunt Eloise, who, again, somehow, somehow has, I don't know, maybe made her own mint. um, Is just printing money at this point. Is like, I have rented a sailboat for you for our trip. Rented a sailboat. I... An adult human woman have no idea how the fuck one would rent a sailboat, but she's, she's managed it. Maybe things were different in the seventies and the place was just filled with sailboats that, that rich white people were not using. Anyway, so she has rented a sailboat for them to use. I think it's called like Crestwood or something. It doesn't matter. Um, so they're like, oh my God, this is great. And we get to just, you know, flit about on the water in our little sailboat, not a motorized boat because fuck you. That's why y'all need to build some arm muscles using oars and also tacking and maybe some sails being taken in or let out. Anyway, so um I think they see the woman like the first like they see the apparition like because of course it's quite misty on the water so they see something that seems to be like a woman. Um, and then when they go out to like, see if they can find her or anything, they don't find her. They don't find any hint of her, but they do find a like piece of wet paper that they pull out of the water. And it seems to be a letter that was written to somebody and they're like, this could be an important clue. We are not sure. We're not sure. We're going to keep it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, the other thing that is going on, because of course, oh my God, we can't, here's the thing about Nancy Drew Mysteries. Nancy Drew Hardy Boys mysteries, which are when they're investigating like four or five things simultaneously. Nancy Drew mysteries usually have at least two things going on simultaneously, which are usually related. Just saying. This one has like three things. Go- so again, whenever I'm reading those books, I'm like, yeah, Nancy could handle all of this. I don't know why, why you dipshits are involved. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just, I just have a problem. Uh, I'm not not good um no no just just a real real hard no um yeah so she's out there looking and she finds that little scrap of paper and she's like okay so we've got a clue about something so it they're not sure the person maybe is looking for something or something weird is going on the other thing that's happening nearby is that there's apparently a green man I was like jolly green giant in the woods who was scaring people and I'm like this is real easy. As a person who has never been a fan of the outdoors, just simply do not go out into it. Just stay inside your home. Or um, maybe under a well-lit thing, some sort of tent structure. I don't know. Don't go in the woods. Just don't go in the woods. This is like how you kill white people. Maybe don't go in the woods. Anyway, so Nancy, of course, is like, okay, first off, it's a person, second, uh, we're going to figure this shit out, and of course, George is like, I'm on it, and Bess is like, I don't know, can I make a cake instead, which, again, at all times, at all times, I am Bess. Do I want to be Nancy? Yes. Am I Bess? Absolutely. So, um, they go up into the, like, they talk to this guy. His name is Johan. Everybody calls him Yo, like Yo-Yo, which I don't love because it's, I don't know. It's apparently triggering some memory for me of some sort of weird Asian American racism. So anyway, I'm going to call him Johan just even though they call him Yo repeatedly. So that you know that. I think that it's because of Return to Witch Mountain. I think it's the um the truancy officer from Return to Witch Mountain is what's happening for me. I think that's what's happening. It's a Disney it's a Disney joint. Um anyway, so Johan they meet and he's like kind of like jokey he's a stocky guy so he's he's not giving Channing Tatum but he's like he seems to be fun to be around and say so the girls are, there's no there I know that you're concerned about this there is no sexual tension um Johan is like yeah I know a lot about the stuff around here there's there's a big guy there's some sort of like he sends them to some museum to check out this fraud and they're like bullshit anyway but they're like good one good one Johan Johan knows about the green guy, and he's like, yeah, don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying that you might not want to go in the woods, but, I mean, that's up to you. It's up to you. And they're like, well, just show us where he's usually hanging out. So, he takes him up there, and so, like, and they ask him questions about it, how many people have seen it, like, what's going on with it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, when Nancy, Bess, and George go up, like, and they encounter this thing several times. One time, Bess is picked up by an accomplice of the green dude and, like, hauled off several hundred feet. And they find her and she's like, I'm okay. And they're like, It's okay, just walk it off. And I'm like, After all this, I need I need to write apparently a fic where Bess, especially George also, are in therapy for all the times that they have been in trauma. So I'm just saying they need some. She got picked up bodily. Um, it's bad. It's bad. She just she was like, Yeah, that was really fucked up um the person and nancy when she's looking at them, she's like okay so it appears that they have strung up some christmas tree lights and some interesting configurations and maybe some sort of battery setup so that they look like they are like weird and glowing she's of course she's run into this in multiple other books because the ghostwriters are like i live for this shit this shit is the best so like weird glowing things nancy's like I have got a book full of them. Just let me go to my index. What color is it? Let's start with that. So she's like, yeah, okay. They've got like Christmas tree lights and a battery and um, maybe some phosphorescent stuff. We don't know. We don't know. It's going to be fine. Um, the One of the first times they actually encounter it, they there's a girl who was like, and I say girl, she's like 18, 19. She's running down out of the woods and they're like, are you okay? And she's like, um, yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I just saw a thing, and they were like, All right, was it a green guy? And she's like, oh, my God, yes. I didn't want to say anything because I was going to sound like a dumbass. And they were like, no, it's, it's, fun. it's cool. We've heard about it. So he's up there because we're going to go check it out. And she's like, maybe don't. Her name is Karen, and she is investigating luminescent mushrooms. That is her college merit badge that she's earning is luminescent mushrooms college merit badge. She's going to put it on her sash. It's going to be nice. Um. So, that's what she's excited about, and, but, so she went up there to look for them, and, of course, you're gonna look at night, because that's when luminescence happens, and then she ran into the green dude who was like, get out, and she was like, "Uh, you don't have to tell me twice, bitch, and so she hauled ass, and again, making solid choices. Oh my god, so, after Bess is nearly kidnapped, and who knows what with these people, um, yeah. So, like, the next time they see the woman who is out there, like, you know, chilling, just enjoying herself, being kind of misty, um, she falls over, and they're like, oh, shit, is it a person? Is it a real person? And, of course, they, like, "No, it's a real person, but they also, you know how, you know, you know these books. Maybe it's a large balloon. <laughs> so, anyway, um, they go out there, and they find her. She fell down in the water and she can't swim. So the reason that she has looked like she is uh, floating above the water is because she's wearing incredibly long water stilts. A thing, apparently. Um, but yeah, she can't swim. So she was like, well, since I can't swim, I thought this was a good compromise. And I was like, why are you not wearing a flotation device? Like just, I don't know, some, some Ziplocs wrapped around your waist. Anyway, so they get her out of the water, and she is eternally grateful, and they're like, did you drop this slip of paper yesterday? Just, just curious. Maybe a matchbook with a mysterious phone number on it. Um, no. Anyway, so she says yes. Her name is Miss Armstrong, and she is a school teacher. Uh, There's so many school teachers, and she is looking for something. So, yeah, I think. Um, So Ms. Armstrong is descended from a family who originally settled around this area, like 150-ish. I'm sorry. I'm probably like doing the math based on today. 150-ish years ago, I think. Like, I think it was like early 1800s. Anyway, so the family settled there, and it was a man and his wife, and they had a child, and they loved her, and she was amazing, and they had immigrated from Russia, and they, well, at that time, it wouldn't have been Russia. Anyway, they gave her a, like, gorgeous little, it was like a power wheels, but it looked like a coach, like, drawn by horses, so she had a little pony to draw it. So, yeah, and power wheels and she had a power wheels coach and then she died sadly tragically um like not not mysteriously like it was just a thing that happened and her mom was so upset that she like could not bear to see anything that had belonged to her child so she decided that she needed to in the most freudian thing that she could possibly do she needed to take the coach and bury it she didn't want to destroy it she also didn't want to see it, and so she buried it. She put it in a large box, and she sunk it into the lake, the bay. Anyway, yes, the body of water. Anyway, so Miss Armstrong is a descendant of that family, and I was like, so they had other children. Um, They apparently, like, sold their house, moved away from the area, like anyway but so she's coming back to vacation so that she can see if she can find this thing because like legally she's saying that she has claim on it because she's descended from the people it was originally from but she can't swim she can't she was hoping that the still she could kind of like poke around with her feet and see if she could find anything but she was not successful so she is the mysterious one on the water so mystery number one solved um so they're like oh my god yes let's let's help you so For the rest of the book, off and on, they are diving into the water to see if they can, like, find where it would be. Now, apparently, uh, apparently this is based on a real place, based on, like, they keep talking about, like, Cooperstown and James Fenimore Cooper and blah, blah. So I'm assuming that there is something that, like, whatever, something was standing in for Mirror Bay is what I'm saying. So apparently it's a large span of water to check, so they can't be like, oh, it's got to be over here. So, they're like, maybe there's a map, maybe there's something, and they, they're just, they need some more information, basically. So, all they've got, basically, is a letter that was written from, like, the, the little girl's nurse about it, talking about the fact that the coach was buried that way. Like, it was basically explaining the scenario, and they were like, okay, providing exposition. So, um, they have her blessing and she has decided that once she finds the coat, she's going to donate it to a local museum. Like she's not going to keep it or sell it. And you're like, yes, that's, that's how people handle shit in Nancy Drew books. Like, I mean, other than the ones who were like, I'm destitute. And here are some stamps that were Benjamin Franklin had his hand on at one point. So I'm going to sell them for many thousands of dollars so that I can restore the family homestead. Anyway, so they're fine with it. Um, and again, it's like Nancy, Bess, and George, and they don't have snorkeling equipment. They didn't bring that with them, so they have to, like, rent or borrow or whatever. They apparently are not interested in buying any. I was like, I'm surprised that Nancy doesn't have some, but Nancy also lives so far away from water that it does kind of make sense that she wouldn't have any personal scuba equipment. Anyway, so, um, the other thing they find out is, Uh, And uh, you know that they have their sailboat. The other thing they find out is that um, the boys are visiting. Oh, my God. So, they're taking a a short break from their 15th PhDs to come visit. They're like, we've completed research on all of human knowledge. And now we're moving on to agriculture. So, yeah, they're going to be coming to visit. And Nancy and Bess and George were like, yes, yes. And I'm like, y'all need a bigger cabin. (laughs) Apparently, there's like three bedrooms. And I was like... Nancy and Ned need some time for themselves to, I don't know, reacquaint, maybe some making out, maybe some light petting, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever mood strikes them. Anyway, so, um, they're waiting for that, they also, like, they get attacked so much when they're, like, doing their mountain investigating that Aunt Eloise is like, please, please just, can you, can you wait for the large men to I don't to just accompany you. I'm not saying they have to do everything and they're like, "Okay, fine, fuck." Um, so yeah. Um, let me think. The other thing that happens is that they're like, they're going around and like sightseeing to see if they can find any clues to anything that they've got. And somebody is like, "Oh, you should go by this like antique barn that's full of like vintage valentines." And Nancy's like, that's exactly my jam. Let's do that shit. So they go there and they find a Valentine that it looks like it was maybe addressed to the woman who wrote the letter about the coach and Nancy's like, "I can I see that up close?" Now, the way that the place is described, it's like the Valentine is apparently like just propped up on a shelf just naked to the elements, like not behind a glass case or anything. And I was like, Okay, I have apparently been to non-casual museums. This sounds like a super casual museum where it's like, here's some random paper goods. So anyway, so Nancy gets the, like, it's actually like a really cute, like, vintage cut, like, lace-trimmed valentine. So she gets it down, she looks at it, and it's, it's very elaborate and very cute. And when it it's like, a little poem is written inside about the sad death of the little girl who is, whose coach is now beneath the glimmer glass. And you're like... Mirror Bay, yes, we're aware. And then it's got this little, like, it looks like it's written in code with a backwards C and N. It's like N, backwards C, E, and a date and, uh, and the initial R. And so they take it to Miss Armstrong and she's like, oh, shit, yes. Um, R is Robert and that's the name of the guy that the nurse was, the nanny, was in love with. But, like, apparently they never hooked up. I was like, that you know of. Um, so apparently, like, it's correspondence between the two of them. That would make some sense. I don't know how the fuck it ended up in a rando, casual, just collection of valentines. But anyway, so Nancy's like, can I buy this? And he's like, fuck yeah, you can. And I was like, again, casual museum ship. (laughs) Thank you for this vintage valentine that I'm now going to use for reasons. Um, anyway, so she... She t- She was like, that was actually much cheaper than I thought. In the meantime, somebody in the crowd, like, apparently there's a crowd of people who are, like, interested in vintage Valentines for Etsy reasons. And somebody's like, you stole my purse to Nancy. And Nancy's like, um, I've been standing here the whole time talking to this guy about this Valentine. What when do you want to, am I astral projecting? And so, apparently, the doppelganger is in the crowd and has been purse snatching. And Nancy, of course, like the cops show up and they're like did you and everyone's like no and i think that actually like george sees the doppelganger and like chases her and like recovers the purse and she's like no nancy had nothing to do with it the person dropped the purse here it is and so the cops are like well you look like a nice person and the purse is back so we're just going to let this slide the other thing um there's one point where like all the girls are at the cabin like they've been making dinner like Like They've been cleaning up from dinner, everything's fine, and a cop knocks on the door, and they're like, hey, and he's like, hey, no, it's gotta be breakfast, and so he's like, yeah, so we got you on camera, and Nancy's like, pourquoi, and he's like, yeah, you robbed a jewelry store last night, and Nancy's like, look at my face, again with the like face gesture, look at this face, look at it, does this look like the face of a woman who would rob a jewelry store, and the cop is like, you're a Jedi, my trick is very persuasive. No, you do not look like a person who would rob a jewelry store. So, Nancy's like, can you show me the footage? And the guy's like, of course I can. You look like you're trustworthy. And she's like, do you see this this mark on this girl's face? Do I have that mark? And he's like, no. <laughs> Your logic is irre- irrefutable. Okay, we're letting you go. And again, like, I don't think she even ha- bothers to be like, and also, do I need to do some name dropping on my daddy? Do I need to do that? John Hamm is waiting for your call, bitch. Anyway, so clearly the person is still up to, like, there was the weird travel scam. There was purse snatching. There was the, like, robbing a jewelry store. Um, Another thing that happens is, like, they're out on the water. Like, I think they're actually, like, maybe swimming near the boat. And they're kind of, like, diving, looking for things. And they find, like, some, like, random garbage that somebody threw in there. Like, a child's carriage like a baby carriage that somebody apparently threw in there and it's like rotted away. So they found the frame to it. They found a piggy bank with some old coins in it. And the girls are like, hell yeah. And of course, they decide to donate it to the local actual museum. Not the casual rando antique barn slash murder spree. Um, yeah, but they don't really find much else in the water. And when they're diving, um, this little speedboat comes by and practically murders Bess. As one does. Now, the thing is that, like, when Bess nearly gets murdered by a boat, um, that Miss Armstrong is there and screaming. She's like, oh, my God, that boat! Anyway, they get Bess inside, who, again, has to be suffering from some sort of trauma based on all these near-murder attempts, and she's like, it's okay, I'm fine. I'm like, honey, you're not. We need a book just dealing with your trauma. Also, your doctor's gonna end up being the bad guy, but it's fine. Um, yeah, so... The other thing that happens is they hook up with Johan again, and Johan's like, Yeah, let's, let's go look for the hideout for these people because there was one time that the girls snuck up on the two guys who apparently seemed to be behind the like weird green mountain man viewing things. Um, and they heard them addressing each other by name, which again, as always, seems real weird. It's like dropping your monogram handkerchief where they're like, no, Sam, I shan't. And you're like, are you like shouting like you're in a stage production? But it's fine. Um, so they find out their names, which are I, th- I actually think like Mike and Sam. And they're like, okay, well they have to be up here. Like they say, like you gotta keep people away from up here. The like the cops would be upset if they like came onto us or something like that. And so the girls are like, yes, tell tell everything. But of course, that's about it, and that's about all they hear. So um, Johan's like, let's go see if we can find out where they're hiding, and Nancy and George go. I think the best is like, I've got some desserts to make for the boys' arrival. So, um, Johan takes them to a cave that seems likely, but it's a bat cave, and, like, bats fly at them, as, as happens in B-movies, and they're like, okay, it's fine, but they go back in there just to investigate. They do find some luminescent mushrooms, as one does. I think that Nancy actually, like, um, Maybe takes a few samples, like, grabs them in a handkerchief, but, um, so that she can show Karen. Because, of course, Karen is a luminescent mushroom enthusiast. But when they're leaving the cave, um, George, like, brushes her hand against the wall of the cave and, like, is like, oh, shit! And a fucking, like, m- poisonous centipede bitter... So, Johan is, like, I must suck the poison out, and, like, just fucking, like, he he takes a rock and, like, scrapes it over her skin, and he's, like, this is to pick up George's germs so that it will not hurt her, and then he, like, makes an X over the wound, and then, like, makes, like, bleeds it, and then, like, tourniquets it, and then he's, like, okay, okay, the venom is out, and I was, like, okay, when I was reading this at the age of men, I probably was eight, um, I would have been, like, Yes, yes, of course, and now that I'm a grown-up, I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure that that whole thing, like, you can bleed the poison out, like, again, you would have to do it ridiculously fast, it seems like, um, like, as soon as he's like, you know, you don't want the venom to reach your heart, It, it already has, I mean, no judgment, but anyway, so, you know, George is very appreciative, it does not involve them taking their clothes off, so it's fine, um, but she's like, yeah, I should probably go back and lay down. Um, they do find a place that looks like maybe they camped out, the the gang. And they also find some bobby pins. And she's like, bobby pins. You're doppelganger. And Nancy's like, girl, you know what? They also find some footprints. And one of the footprints for one of the guys is like a little bit scuffed. And Nancy's like, okay, he walks with a bit of a handicap. And Johan's like, are you a detective? And Nancy's like, Maybe. <laughs> Like, it's, it's very ridiculous because Nancy's like, I'm going to Sherlock Holmes' ass. And she's like, and I deduce that he is of this kind of height and blah, blah. Um, there's one point where Nancy's watching the dipshits put on their little Christmas light show. And she, like, reaches up and tears some bark off a tree. And she's like, I will be able to find this tree later. And me, an idiot, is like, if I did that, first off, I would believe it. Second, I would never find that tree again. That tree would be gone. It would be like an X-Files episode. So, Anyway. The boys arrive and they have brought a playmate for Aunt Eloise so that they can all pair off and bang. Um, very nice of them. And Eloise is like, "I did not plan for your arrival and we do not have enough beds." And I was like, "We have all read this story. There was only one bed." And she's like, "I mean, you can sleep on the porch." and he's like that's fair and i was like oh okay is it screen- is it at least screened in oh my god because you're right next to water is it full of mosquitoes anyway also um there's this random thing that happens where some like random teenagers walk by their place or are near their place and um they're like yeah your your cabin is known for having like a cooler with drinks in it on the porch so, you're going to have randos. You're going to have randos just dropping by and just picking some drinks out of your cooler. And they're all like, okay, that's fine. We'll keep it stocked. And I was like, that's nice of you. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, it's just fun. Also, yeah, why not be the house that has a random cooler stocked with cold drinks? Why not? It's fine. I was imagining it plugged in, but I don't know. I would guess. I would guess it has like a little... Anyway. So, the boys arrive. Of course, Nancy's like, hello there. And Ned, who, you know, has fresh off his 15th PhD, he's like, I'm I'm gonna for the Nobel Prize, bitch. Am I immortal? Yes. Do I have 15 PhDs? Also, yes. Are the first ones kind of, like, invalid based on new discoveries? Of course. So, anyway. Um... The boys come, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna find those those guys who are up on the mountain. Yeah, fuck yeah. And so they're like, yeah, we're getting, like, the first night. They're like, yeah, let's do this. And they all take flashlights, and they go up there. Um, but they try to surround the green guy, because they do run into him. Um, but, like, all of a sudden he's gone, because he turned his lights off. And then they, like, fucking decks Dave. And Dave's like, son of a bitch. And everybody's like, oh my god, Dave. And so like, Dave, once he recovers consciousness, is like, damn, I'm, you know, I'm gonna get back at them, and Ned's like, so am I, no one hurts my friend, and I was like, y'all are giving a little bit of tension here, I mean, I'm fine, I'm fine with it, like, Ned can be every man, that's fine, and be with, it's fine, just, just interesting, like, of course, if somebody had decked Nancy, Ned would have been like, I'm gonna burn the world down, so you need to know that about me, anyway, um, the guy that they brought with them, who I think is named Matt, we're gonna call him Matt from here on out. I don't I don't actually care, it's fine. Um He is not like I can't remember exactly what his specialty is. I don't know if it's biology or what because of the stuff that he talks to them about. So he like they do talk to him about like the luminescent mushrooms and the guy in the dark and blah blah. And stuff like that, and of course he hits it off with Aunt Eloise. He's like, "Hey, girl, hey," and she's like, "I mean, maybe there is a bed inside. I don't know." And all everyone else is like, "Yes!" Like it's some fucking reality TV show where it's like, "Yes, we're all paired off now. It's fine. Now the murders can begin." Um. So yeah. So let me think. The, and then, of course, the, the bad people figure out that they're getting close to whatever it is. So, somebody actually breaks into Miss Armstrong's house. Nancy gave her the Valentine for safekeeping. And they try to steal both the Valentine and the letter. I think they do actually get away with the letter, but not the Valentine. Because she's able to hide it before they, like, knock her ass out or whatever the fuck. So, there's that. Um, and also, she was like, you look grotesque. And Nancy's like, that's called a rubber mask. And, yes, it is real weird. But also, rubber mask. So... Um, let me think. They get some underwater ski equipment. There's apparently an underwater metal detector that was just randomly in their rented cabin. And I was like, there's a lot of trust there. <laughs> Did you have to sign a separate waiver for that? But anyway, so they use that some, they don't and again, I think that's how they find the piggy bank. Um, but they're not able to they're like this is is needle in a haystack. Like we're just not able to find what we're looking for. This is just not going to work. So, the other thing is they um they do finally finally figure out where the hideout is and it's like dug into the side of the hill so well that like you wouldn't be able to see it if you ha- if you weren't watching somebody go in or out of it. So they figure out the trapdoor, they get in there when the people the bad people aren't there. I say the bad people. The villains? Mike and Sam? Uh, anyway. They get in there and they find Um a bunch of fireflies! Like, they have noticed that there's a bunch of fireflies on the mountain, but they found a bunch of fireflies, which, when they commented on the uh, fireflies to Matt, the professor, who is now, like, an Eloise and I are a thing, um, he mentions that that's, like, the concept of cold light, the way that it's produced by fireflies, is very interesting to the scientific community, and they are all hoping for some kind of ba- breakthrough, so that, They're like, you could carry flashlights that have this, and they wouldn't require batteries, and blah, and Nancy's like, that's a good call, (laughs) but anyway, so they, he also, the guy who, Matt, who knows about all this stuff is like, yeah, there was somebody who apparently seemed close to making a breakthrough on the cold light and luminescence and all that stuff, but his research was stolen, So, they get into the hideout, and they find, first off, a bunch of jewelry that has apparently been stolen by, like, somebody stole Nancy's purse, they stole um, Aunt Eloise's purse, they like, yeah, so a bunch of stuff that had been stolen by, like, apparently nearby cabins, it looked like, it just looked like that was what that was, plus, in a chest, the missing research, and so they're like, fuck yeah, we gotta take this stuff. Side note, um... They had gone out diving, and um, somebody was like, oh, we're gonna have a boat race, and you should totally come, and, like, everybody gets excited about it, because, of course, these bitches love a boat race. Oh, my God. So, Ned's like, is there any paint so we can spruce this thing up? And they're like, yes, we have found some paint. I was like, you rented the boat! You rented it! Like, I would not... It's fine. Um, But they get really excited about it, and then they go inside to... Find like the entry paper to make sure that you know, like the entry slipped to for the race or whatever. And their purses have been stolen, so that's that's how that happened. And then the, when they go back outside, the boat is also gone, the sailboat, and they're like, and Then Johan comes by and he's like, I thought y'all would be at the boat race. And they were like, Bitch, have you seen us? We are white as shit. Of course, we were gonna be at that fucking boat race. Our boat is gone, and he was like, Damn, that sucks. Damn anyway, here's Wonderwall. So, yeah. They do find the boat. Of course they do. And it's been like a bunch of mud dumped on it and it's been swamped and so they have to dig it out and of course they can't get to the boat race on time. So, we were deprived of a boat race in this book and I know that you were here for it and I'm sorry. So, imagine in your head that they won because that's how that would have played out. So, you know, just know that the only other person who could possibly win is an orphan who needed that prize money for reasons. So, um, they find their stuff, they find the papers, and so they're like, okay, we need to get this to the police, so they, what happens is, like, they, they lift the, they get the chest out of the hole, and then they're gonna come out of the hole, because, um, let's see, George and Bert stayed out of the hole, Nancy, and I think, I think it was Nancy, Matt, and Ned were in, in the hideout, and they were the ones who found the stuff, so, yeah, I don't think Bess was there for that part of it, I think. I don't know. But I could be wrong. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so, maybe she was. Maybe maybe they were also doing lookout things. Anyway, the bad guys come back. They knock the trap door so that, like, Nancy and Ned and Matt are stuck in there. Um, they have a scuffle. They take the chest. They, and knock Bert out. Um, by the time they get out of the hole, um which takes a hot minute. Apparently, they put, like, a heavy rock on top of the hole, like, so that they couldn't get out. Anyway, they get out. They resuscitate Bert, who, you know, this, it's been a rough day for him. Um, and George's gone. And they're like, son of a bitch. And they're like, did, did George get kidnapped? And Nancy's like, it's, things are pointing that way. But she seems kind of, like, cagey about it. So, and also her car is gone. And they were like, oh no, they took George and made her use her keys on your car. And Nancy's like, I don't know, maybe. So then they see Nancy's car like ro- like racing down the road. And Nancy's like, fucking hell. And it's George at the wheel of the car. There's no gun on her. She's just like, and they also see like three police cars. And George's like, get in the car. Get in the fucking car. We're going to the hideout. So, yeah, the bad guys got the chest and like... George stayed hidden and she went and got Nancy's car and followed them. And then she went to the cops and she was like, she lost him. So she went to the cops and she was like, this is what I found out. And they were like, fuck yeah. So, um, they all go out to the, um, the place. Now, the other thing that happened is like on the way to the hideout, um, they found the doppelganger. She was like, I think she was like hitching on the road and they were like, Hey girl. Hey, you look like a person who's robbed several people. um, so, they do take her captive. She, like, she fights like a wildcat. You're like, of course she does. Of course she does. Um, But they tell her, like, we, we know what you've done and everything. And we know about the guys who are not not doing really legitimate research in the woods. And she's like, I don't know anything about that. They take her to the cops who identify her as the person who's been robbing people. Um, Also, she won't give them their name. And so, they're like, this is what we found out that her name might be. Um, Because, you know, she's been defrauding a lot of people. They went to the house where the bad guys had dropped off their stuff. The bad guy had found out that his wife, because the the baddie who is Nancy's doppelganger has is in jail. So and that's his wife. So he went and turned himself in because he was so worried about her. And then his accomplice was picked up and like pretty much dealt with immediately. Um, the weird thing is that, like. I can't remember exactly like the circumstances that it might have been like for the the doppelganger because she was like she had to put so much work into this like legit job work that if she would just turn her attentions on doing good things and you're like yeah that's kind of kind of the point anyway um so yeah she apparently was running like a side hustle her side hustle was like random robberies and her like husband and his partner were doing the whole cold light thing, like, they stole the research, and they were hoping to make the breakthrough, and then, like, basically live off the patent for it, which doesn't sound like the worst idea, like, I kind of get how that would have worked, um, what was the other thing, I don't remember exactly how they figured out where the location was for the I think that they had to, they looked at the Valentine again and they were like, okay, maybe the five here means that it's five something away from this point. And somebody's like, oh, that's probably referring to five points. And so they go to five points and then they're like, okay, maybe it's like right here. And so they dig around and they find it. They find a big sealed box with the coach inside. It's very hard for them to actually, like, get it up out of the water, so they have to, like, dig under it and put a rope under it, and everybody's pulling, and it's real, real weird, and, and there's, like, a, and that's like, yes, yeah, so the last time I got my, my car stuck in ice, I still have a rope in the trunk, and you're, like, of course you do, not for weird, sexy reasons, um, also, somebody has a, a winch or something, I don't know, so much equipment, look at me, I am best, I am best in these things, um, so, yeah, they get the thing out, and they unpack it, and it's got, like, the, the pony shaft, which, again, sounds real weird and sexy, um, got split in half so they could be put in the box, and, like, but everything is there, and it's all intact, and it looks very gorgeous. This Power Wheels is ready to roll, y'all, so they're, like, yes, we're gonna donate to the museum. It's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be great, so, so, yeah, that's that. They found it, and they're gonna donate it to the museum, and, um, the weird thing is that, like, I guess the museum being a non-casual museum might have a little write-up explaining the circumstances under which the thing was buried and found etc but I don't know I don't know It's <sighs> again like the book is in some ways about grief the other recurring theme in this book which goes along with it and I haven't really discussed it yet is the fact that johan is a vast storehouse of ghost stories and so he's like did ever did you hear about the one where there was a couple that was picked up by a um i can't remember if it's that they like stopped by a house on a a cold night like they needed shelter and the, the people gave them shelter and before they left they left a like 50 cent piece and ned finishes the story He's like, oh yes, they left the piece there, and then they went to the town, and the town was like, I don't know what you're talking about, the house burned down years ago, and they're like, no, no, it's right there, you can see it, and when they all went back, the house was indeed burned down, but they could still see the top of the marble table and the 50-cent piece, and Johan's like, how did you know? And Ned's like, no reason. Ned apparently took a college class on psychology of ghost stories, and I was like, this is because Ned has run out of all electives. <laughs> they're like we're having to invent new courses for you. Next semester, he's going to learn how to teleport. Like, they're going to be bending spoons with their minds and, like, using some Ryan ESP cards, and they're going to be bending spoons, and it's going to be weird. But anyway, so that semester, he learned about ghost stories, and so he was like, he said, yeah, these these stories pop up in, like, every culture. Like, there's no there's no way to substantiate them. There, it's just, like, apparently a thing that we tell ourselves. Um, the other one that Johan tells is about a woman who on a rainy night was standing outside a cemetery, like, asking for a ride, and a guy, like, nicely took her home. I think in this story it was a covered wagon. Um, But he took her home and he rang the doorbell. And when he turned back to look at her to, you know, escort her inside, she was gone. And the mom who answered the door was like, yeah, this happens every rainy night. Somebody, she, apparently her ghost tries to hitchhike from the cemetery to our house. Super casual about it. And that's like, Ned finishes the story again because he's like, yeah, we've heard this one too. And it's like, the stories that we tell ourselves about grief and ghosts and, like, the weird hospitability of them, though, it's very interesting to me that he took that class, and again, it kind of relates to his interest in what Nancy's doing all the time, like, he loves to be involved in what Nancy's doing, he loves mysteries, and he loves stuff like that, and it's always exciting to be around her, and it's kind of, like, related to that, where it's like, yeah, this is... These are universal things that we all do, so it's it's good for him to be familiar with all sorts of different things to help Nancy on her mysteries, but it's, yeah, the whole thing, again, like, very much about grief, and I think it's interesting that on the cover of the book, Nancy's mouth is covered up, which symbolically would mean that she has no power within this book, and she has a doppelganger, which, again, if you're gonna talk about, like, folk tales and ghost stories doppelgangers are like right up at like this is who you could be or this is what part of you is and it's like this is definitely a evil twin situation where it's just like this person's here to inconvenience me when I'm trying to get through with my life so yeah yeah good times it is fun like and they do take the luminescent mushrooms to karen who was like oh my god yes and they're like maybe don't go in that cave though and she's like hell no i will go with you know other people and etc but thank you so you know hopeful and again there's this weird thing about like both if we look back to the past we might discover some stuff about the future kind of like when she investigated the Nazca lines and she was like yes we have found this thing that might be very important the thing about this is that like they're looking back at the coach and they're looking forward at the whole the concept of cold light as you know fireflies and I was like and here we are 50 years later and we don't seem to be any closer to that but I mean I love that I love that they were trying they're always like it's gonna be better it's gonna be better which again feels like its own ghost story so let's see the next book that we're gonna do is oh my god the double jinx mystery this has to be an early printing um i'm excited for y'all oh my god i'm excited for y'all so we're gonna be doing double jinx next time so yeah yeah please note if you got a power wheels i'm just saying maybe the best course of action is not to shrink wrap it and bury it in the bottom of a pond near your house i'm just i'm just saying i'm you know, it's just a suggestion, it's just a suggestion, also, we, we cannot wait to find out what weird elective note's gonna take next, so, until next time, stay sleuthy, my friends.